Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Hi, welcome. This is the podcast. It's creepy, it's spooky, altogether ooky. Listen, that's not this one. That's a different thing. It's We're not the Adams family. Please don't sue us. Uh, what is his name? Charles Adams? Mm, I don't remember. Uh, it's very weird that he portrayed his family as a bunch of Draculas uh, <laughs> instead of, you know, like, normal humans who didn't live in a big spooky castle. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, and please don't tell me, uh, on Twitter, or if you're a guest on this show right now, also, I don't want to know. I love the mystery. <laughs> I can't, I can't remember if the Adams family had some sort of, um, monster that lived in their basement, or if that was the monsters, or if both of them had different monsters living in their basement. Um, I feel like the monsters had a dragon, and the Adams family... Mm, they seemed f- mm, somewhat normal. I don't think they were explicitly monster people. Anyway, uh, this has been going on for a full goddamn minute, so I'm going to get into the actual part of the show. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say the Adams Family is an on-topic uh, point f- for discussion on this show, because they're spooky. Uh, as discussed earlier, when I uh, accidentally referenced the rhyming theme song, it's a real earworm. Okay, here we go. Uh, I have two <laughs> brand new guests on this show. Never been on the show before. I don't think they've ever been on podcasts before. So please give a warm creepy pods to welcome to Dan Costa. Hello. And Kelly Arl. Hi. And we are discussing a story today from the uh, the No Sleep Reddit webpage. I don't know why I suddenly forgot what Reddit was like. <laughs> We're talking about a story from the No Sleep subreddit called uh, I Found a USB Stick Slash The Long Face. Uh, I guess this, uh, yeah, it won the September 2012 uh, uh, little award, or maybe that's just something that this um, user won. Because uh, the submitted, it says submitted four years ago at the top here. Uh, anyway, it has one of those vaguely clickbaity titles that are now against the rules, but I'm glad that it's not really long, and that it has an alternate short title. Uh, this was a weird one because I'm pretty sure I read it before, but I don't know why. I went through all of our our list of episodes, and I, unless I missed something, we haven't talked about it before. Uh, like, it's just been sitting in that suggestions list for months and months. Um, and I don't read these things until someone wants to talk about them on an episode. Uh, anyway, Kelly, you chose this story off the list. So I'm going to ask you to please recap the events of it for us. I did. I was very disappointed that it was not about a haunted horse. <laughs> so, so this is a story... Um, Our user apparently is walking on his way to work and he finds a USB stick on the ground. So already I'm having trouble suspending my disbelief (laughs) Um, on the USB 
drive, there are tons and tons of emails. And he says they're mostly unconnected, but a few were really interesting. Um, and the to sum up these emails, we have a guy named Matt emailing a friend named Dan. Um, and Matt is very concerned about his ex-girlfriend. Um, his ex-girlfriend has recently gotten back in contact with Matt, saying that her current boyfriend named John um, is basically having a mental breakdown in her house. Um, he is arranging things in orders of sevens. He's meticulously cleaning the house, like to an alarming degree. Um, and John is saying that he, everywhere he goes, he keeps seeing images of a long face. Um, the long face likes fives and it does not like sevens. Um, and so Matt decided decides to engage Rebecca on this. Um, he decides to go help her and comfort her. And next thing you know, he is becoming obsessed with fives and sevens and seeing this long face as well. Um, so good old fashioned descent into madness comes right after that. <laughs> uh, yep. And then um, in the typical no sleep fashion, the... Um uh the main character's madness sort of progresses and this whole story takes the frame uh like many older no sleep stories um what is it i guess epistolary is the term uh it's posted as if it was a um posted as if this person was like hey uh reddit could you help me out this spooky thing happened to me i found um, this spooky usb drive right yep uh we've the no sleep has broken with this format uh i think more lately um i th don't recall if i've ever seen one that isn't written in first person but they uh definitely have broken the um conceit of these being um real quote unquote real things that happen to people um but this was refreshingly old school cuz um most the, as as our audience will know from the intro, the term creepypasta is a corruption uh, of the term copypasta, itself a corruption of the term copy and paste, uh, to discuss um, just posts online that would be copied and pasted and spread around, and um, it would usually be like angry reactions to something. Uh, that's a popular genre, and then people started posting, like, spooky stories as if, like, they were real and spreading them around that way, um, to the point where sometimes you will Google the title of a creepypasta and the first autocomplete will be real or Snopes, um, but no, none of, none of these are real, um, though I do, I do <laughs> You don't know that. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Uh, you're right, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> this person, uh, found this, uh, haunted USB stick. Um, so Dan, how did this story hit you? Uh, so, uh, it was more foisted upon, uh, foisted <laughs> upon you than chosen. I, um, I was not really aware of creepypasta before doing this, and, but when reading a little bit about it, this was the structure that I thought, um, 
that I thought of when I started to read about creepypasta. I think that this fits well into that theme about something that you would stumble upon on the internet that has, um, a, you know, a creepy tone to it and somebody could believe somehow this is real. Yeah, that's sort of the, um, I guess the origins, but it's, it's developed this whole, like any medium or genre, mm-hmm. this whole, um, language of tropes and cliches that uh that make even things breaking with the format still feel as if they fit in the genre like you'll play a video game that where the like concept is it's a haunted video game and there's no question mm-hmm. that it's a fake thing but right. um it's definitely something where you are playing it and you see like, okay, there's crossover appeal and similar elements with uh, creepypastas here. It feels like the same genre. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's an interesting thing um, to me. Although I guess we're not talking specifically about the story and mostly about the format. Um, yeah. My suspicion is because this story is kind of generic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My main quibble with this story is that I noticed immediately on the dates on the spooky haunted emails was that this was meant to have taken place in 2012. Um, and so I was like, okay, it's 2012. We all have Gmail now. No yeah. one, no one saves emails. That's, I thought that too. Oh, good. I'm not, I'm not alone. Right. <laughs> I was like, first of all, no one, if you go through and read the emails, first of all, no one writes like that in an email to their friends, but certainly no one downloads and saves an email. I don't even think I know, I would know how to do that anymore in 2012. <laughs> So right off the bat, if this was meant to have taken place in, say, 2005, maybe I would be a little more on board um, when we're mm-hmm. all still using, you know, Hotmail or Outlook or whatever. Um, but no, we use Gmail now. Everything's in the clouds. There's no... So <laughs> Im- immediately when I saw that this is 2012 and I found a USB drive, I was like, no, you didn't. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that brings up a, a whole question of the in the narrative of like, why was this USB drive there to begin with? Um, has yeah. the long is the long face real and has it manipulated these people into uh, spreading the idea of it by like copy and copying these emails into a big text file for someone to find. Right. I think if the story had been um, this person telling it from their own perspective that, Hey, you know, something weird just happened to me. My ex-girlfriend got in touch with me and she told me all this crazy shit. And now I'm starting to notice it myself. Am I going nuts? If it had been written in the first person, I wouldn't have had as much trouble suspending disbelief, I think. Um, I would have been a lot more on board. I do yeah. like the I do like the imagery of of a face that um, appears. Uh, you know, Exorcist did it sublimin subliminally, subliminally. You know, and they, <laughs> they there's actually a demon face um, throughout that movie, and and it's done to you know to really unnerve you. And I, so I like that idea of you know just you're being driven to madness by. You know, and, and throughout you keep seeing this ghostly image or this long face. I think that's kind of creepy. I think a lot of this must have been inspired by someone's, um, 
you know, uh, obsessive compulsive tendencies or over neatness that they feel like were was going overboard, and then it inspired them to write this story about this person, um, you know, tidying up to the point of madness. Yeah, I I think I agree with both of you there that it um it has like good concepts, but the execution is um notably poor. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, there's a uh type i guess of story that gets posted on no sleep where it's an ongoing spooky thing is happening to someone and they continually will edit the post to add updates um and i feel like this would have worked better as one of those um like the whole usb drive thing it's like Rather than the main character participating in anything spooky, he's just found a text log of a spooky thing that happened to some other people. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost like like finding a snuff film, except like yeah. he doesn't have to see it, and probably like only one guy died, and he wasn't like murdered or anything. And I don't and know I- him, and I don't really have any connection to the situation yep. at all. And yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Go ahead, Dan. This kind of thing happens in video games too. Like, I think Resident Evil or Resident Evil 2 might have been one of the first ones to do it, where you're seeing, you're reading the diaries of, of these people who were in a lab or something, and they slowly started getting taken over by zombies or whatnot, and, and you know, that you're experiencing the horror through, through their um, updated journal. Yeah, that is, you're right, that is very extremely popular in video games, and I wonder if that... Um prevalence of that format is sort of what uh inspired this author maybe indirectly um because mm-hmm. there's like even a game like uh bioshock which is a little more uh, story driven and action oriented yeah. is pretty much uh, pretty much all of the world's background and like character development is done through finding 100 percent. yep absolutely <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm thinking of, what is it, Gone Home, where pretty much your only job is to walk around and find things and make the story for yourself. Yeah, that was, uh, that's a, a, like, as if someone was playing Resident Evil and Bioshock or even, like, uh, Skyrim or something, and then they were like, my favorite part is getting this story slowly unfolding and presented to me, and they Mm -hmm. made one that was just that. Just Um, that, right. I think that is, I think uh, Gone Home does it better than games that sort of added in as a side feature, um, but it's still, like, it's not my favorite way of preventi- presenting a story. Um, I don't know so what you're I- talking about. That's my favorite part of any action game is walking <laughs> around and talking to every NPC I can possibly find. No, see... Talking to NBCs is different because you are first person. <laughs> you're interacting with like a character in the story instead of just finding their diary and reading it. Yeah, and yeah. Just knowing about them. Oh man, that's the dream as a Resident Evil where I don't fight anything. I just walk around and talk to everyone and look at objects. Then <laughs> maybe there's a spooky demon that I find. You're part sometimes. of the cleanup team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my dream. <laughs> Umbrella Corp janitor, and you... <laughs> Look I at actually, this mess. 
I played a phone game recently called um, A Totally Normal Lost Phone, um, and the interface of the game is a phone. Just like you boot up the game and you click go and you're brought them to a phone home screen with like apps and the text message app and there's a whole bunch of text messages to read and there's like a gallery and you can go into the gallery and by like reading the things on this mysterious person's phone you learn about who they are and why they lost their phone and like you learn how to unlock like secret uh parts of the phone um it's really cool and really interesting um so i guess it's my point is when that stuff is interactive it can be compelling um but i found this long face story to be much less compelling uh if you're gonna do something that is just uh, a series of emails. One, don't include the frame narrative that you found out on a USB drive. Let us <laughs> fill in the blanks. Let us fill in the blanks and try to figure out which of the characters the author is. That would yeah. have been yeah. immediately pulled me in more if I'm like, is this person Matthew or Dan? Maybe they're Becky? But because we know that they're none of them, I'm just like... How uh, cool well. would this story be from Becky's perspective where... Yep. Everyone you meet slowly goes insane and starts seeing these horrible visions, and you're the only one that doesn't see them. And maybe the problem is you. Maybe. Yep. How cool would that be? I agree. Yeah, I like that much better. Uh, I'm actually interested to know who the author The author is five, spelled with a Y, F Y V E. Um, I'm interested to know who they are. Um, because I feel like you could read this story as being a um, an allegory for uh, women and their relationships with men. Um, how a seemingly normal guy will end up having all the same problems as the last guy, um, <laughs> where like his so own obsessions, true. where his own obsession obsessions and like um, un- untreated mental illnesses will end up. Uh, helping demolish the the relationship uh, in the same way as all the other uh, guys <laughs> before him. Yet um, another reason it needs to be written from Becky's perspective, because then yep. you start gaslighting yourself, and then oh, yeah. you know maybe you descend into your own type of madness. This is very real. <laughs> yeah, maybe Becky tries. To, maybe we see we could see a part where she tries to get on board with uh, this like system of avoiding fives and going for sevens um but no we just don't get uh let's see the author's full name doesn't help it's alex hetherington um, how many letters are in that oh many uh <laughs> oh, let me see if it's a multiple is it a multiple of five? of five uh, uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve hetherington is 12 and alex is four so it's 16 it's neither a multiple of five nor seven. Hmm. Well. I did really uh, love the uh, detail. Uh, I loved the detail toward um, the end of the emails where the author is kind of inserting random characters to make sure that the words um, have the correct number of characters. Yeah. I love that was a great detail in kind of an otherwise derpy story, I felt like. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I actually didn't did, notice uh, that because I listened to the audio version on the No Sleep podcast. Ah. Oh. 
Uh, I want to scroll down and see. Uh, do you have an example? Uh, um, so oh, yeah, I see. Tried yeah, to just contact, toward the end. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I think that edit was removed from the audio version because it doesn't make sense. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, if you in the audience also listened, the last line is, I tried, spelled with a four in it to make it uh, mm-hmm. not five letters long, to contact these people, two H's and these, so that it would not be five letters long. It was a bad idea, removed for your safety. Um, very nice. Yeah, very, like, that's... a nice that's, touch. That's a good touch. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, if you go to the, the email from Matthew that's dated... Two five two thousand twelve. Um, it's yeah. it's a real mess, um, and I thought that was a really really great a great detail there. Count the pages in the diary: one twenty five, five times five times five. Maybe, yeah. It's really it's Double very face. <laughs> it's very clever um, that this character Matt is avoiding. Entirely avoiding uh, five-letter words. Mm-hmm. Although he also misspells what and that. He didn't need to do that. That was already not five letters. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's very... The whole thing has so much... Like, the concept of the long face is cool. Uh, yeah, there's these little language things that I didn't even notice because they don't translate to audio. Um, and there's... I even think the the characters in the emails are somewhat compelling, though, like, uh, Matthew's a wiener. Like, don't talk to your ex. Uh, like, she has friends and family that she can turn to for help, and she should be talking to them, and mm-hmm. when she contacts you and be like, can you help me with my, uh, new boyfriend? You should just be like, uh, no, no. because <laughs> we're not friends. <laughs> like, I, I think it would be a less dickish move of him than what he does do, which is... Um, tries to talk her through this problem with the boyfriend who then kills himself and he immediately yeah. asks her out on a date like right after. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we have we have dates on the um on the emails. We can find out the exact uh, oh, span shit. of time. I also like um someone in the comments pointed out that um so in in an email that Becky sends to Matt, she mentions that she created this account, you know, just to get in contact with Matt because, you know, they had blocked each other after they broke up. But someone in the comments points out that um, this email is from Becky123456789. Seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have yeah, gone to the uh, sp- spam filter right away. Right. I think that it would have been uh, maybe fun if Matthew had trouble meeting up with Becky and sort of there's an implication that it's the long face contacting him. But no, he meets her in real life. There's nothing spooky. It's definitely her. But Sorry, yeah, Becky. Email, like, he could have probably just, she probably could have just been like Becky one, two, three, and that would have been enough. I, I think more Becky, like you guys said, more Becky in general would have made a, a big difference for this story. More of her point of view. I mean, that's the interesting take. For is sure. Why, yeah, why is this What does this she happening? think is going yeah. on here? Exactly. Okay, so it is less, uh, it is April 13th that uh, Matthew writes the email about finding um, 
John's dead body, uh, and April 21st that he writes the email about how he went on another date with Becky. Another uh, date, yeah. Yeah, well, because they had dated previously. Oh, right, right, um, right. Uh, so it's like a week, maybe less than a week, that um, he waits after this extremely traumatic event before trying to get him in his ex-girlfriend's pants, and it's very creepy. <laughs> That's maybe um, the creepiest part of this creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, do we have any final thoughts before we get into our spookiest parts? No one saves emails in 2012. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, uh, Dan, what is the spookiest part of this story to you? A line that to- stuck with you, or just an aspect, or wh- whatever? I think the aspect of losing control is always a little scary. And, you know, have not having control over yourself. And um, I think that can be a really good um, storytelling um, device. Uh, but like I said, I, I think um, uh, seeing things that aren't there and seeing a face particularly, it would be pretty chilling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I like the real psychological aspect there just sort of Uh twisted into evil um like we never know for sure if the long face is a real entity or not um right but what we do know is that the human brain is uh is wired to recognize faces through uh tens uh perhaps hundreds of thousands of years of evolution um which is why there are like Twitter and Tumblr accounts of faces in objects, and it's just like a picture of a truck, and it kind of looks like a face. Good old pareidolia. Um, <laughs> yep. Oh, is that what that's called? Yes. It's a spelling bee uh, word. It wow. says it in the story, too, doesn't it? I completely It might. Hmm, I don't remember seeing that. Parody. Nope. Uh, I did a control F and didn't find it. Uh, Kelly, what is the spookiest part of this story for you? Um, so I'm a person who um, has a lot of anxiety with some obsessive features. And so the idea of someone else's obsession being kind of catching um, and the, yeah. the idea that um, just the idea that someone else's obsessive thoughts could be transferred on to me somehow um, kind of really struck a chord with me and like, oh yeah, that would totally happen to me if someone told me about this crazy, I don't know, if I heard about my friends seeing faces everywhere and counting things that, I don't know, that part really resonated with me. Just the idea that you could catch someone else's madness. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, pretty interesting, the uh, sort of epidemiology. And we do see it then catch with the narrator at the end too. Um so it's not just Matthew. Uh, the the long face is is contagious person to person. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think the spookiest part for me is the part I didn't notice until you pointed that out to me, because it's only in the text version, is these added or removed letters to words um, as a symptom of the power of the long face. Um, going this far to avoid multiples of five uh or achieve multiples of seven is very interesting um 
It also has an extra spooky level to me because um, my slight uh, obsessive tendency is for things to be in multiples of five. Um, like when I change the volume on the TV, I want it to be at like 25 or 30. And oh no, Jeff, it likes fives. Yeah, I know. That's the, that's, that's the funny. Uh, I've, I don't know. I've just always been drawn to five. Uh, and I, I like the multiples of five. So I guess I'm, uh, Jeff, how long is your face? uh, Extremely. Just like be straight with me. How long is your face? Four feet long. Oh Jesus! Oh boy! Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, I'm a I'm a floppy tote bag. That's how long my face is. (laughs) Oh no! Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry to reveal this at the end. Oh jeez! I I guess I'm the long face, or at least one of its agents. (laughs) Oh, long face Kowalski. Yep, that's me. Um, so yeah, it's just like. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about this story. Let's get into our plugs. Um, where can the people reach you online in the ways that you would like to be reached or any other projects that you're working on, anything like that? Kelly first. Um, if you want to see me talk about being a teacher and doing teacher things, you can find me at Miss Arl Middle. M-S-A-R-L-M-I-D-D-L-E. Okay. Uh, and Dan, where can the people find you uh, in the manners that you would like them to be able to do so? Or uh, mm-hmm. any projects that you're working on? Sure. I have a pop culture podcast called Blockbuster Dropouts, and we are on iTunes, and we talk a different movie every week. We did a whole summer of Stallone movies. That was fun. And um, you can uh, see me say bad things about Donald Trump on Twitter at DanCosta40, or uh, <laughs> hear about the podcast uh, um, at Blockbuster Drop on Twitter. Cool. And Facebook. Uh, Facebook too. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, go check. Th- so go check all that out. Um, as usual, you can find me on Twitter, J3FK. Uh, go to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, Creepy Podsta Fan Group, where we talk about um, usually the latest episode. Uh, that's where I get a lot of suggestions for episodes. I. I don't remember if the long face came from there or if that was from Twitter or something. Actually, I can find out right now. Um, who suggested the long face so that I can credit them. Um, while I'm looking for that, I'm going to remind you to go to patreon.com slash jeffjk, where for a single dollar per month, you can uh, get two bonus pieces of audio. I don't want to say episodes of this show, because it's not really episodes of this show that you get necessarily. Uh, for the most part, what I will do is read a... Um, creepypasta that we've covered on the show um but i've done other things like i've covered um i i did sort of lone podcasts in the car back when i had a very long commute posted a couple of those um i've done uh like lost segments i did a there's actually a lost episode of this show up there because one of our two guests uh the recording software i was using at the time just ate their um Ate their end, so I had to edit it down to just me and the other guest. Um, and that's up there. There's a couple bonus episodes of uh, Someone's PC, the Pokemon podcast that used to exist, um, that we just finished uh, recently. Um, I don't know if I have any bonus seeing Reddit content up there. Uh, oh, well. Anyway, the long face was suggested by Didge on Twitter. Thank you. Um, that's all there is for me, as far as I know. I should probably bring up, like, 
I don't know, a text file or something that says uh, all the things that I'm supposed to say every episode, but I just, <laughs> I, I just don't do it. Um, <laughs> so we're going to end this one with, again, the final line. I tried to contact these people. It was a bad idea. Removed for your safety. <laughs> Thank you.